0: Welcome to Let's Get Civical.
1: This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about first ladies and first pets. So grab your alligator. And let's get civical. Hello! It's our last episode of of the the year. year. Bing, bong, bing, bong. bong. I'm not going to keep singing because we know that nobody enjoys it. But it is our last (laughs) episode of 2021, y'all. What? That's (laughs)
0: That's so crazy. A, this is episode 148, and... I have always believed in us. I've always believed mm. in you as a human mm. being and as a co-host. But I I just never in my wildest dreams did we ever think we would get to the end of, what, year three?
1: Is this the third year? Is this the third year? No, this year? is the end of the second year,
0: right? No, no. Because we did. We launched in January. <laughs> It's the so third year because our... we lost it. It's our third year because like basically 52 and 52 and 52 is basically 148, but with like some skips, right? But we we launched January 2019.
1: So we're coming up on our third year.
0: No, we're coming up on our fourth year.
1: Wait, but that math doesn't add up to me. I not Nine plus three is 22
0: what wait, wait what I hold, just... on. hold on what was i'm looking in my <laughs> no, calendar wait, i'm doing a google right. search what was the name of the so... place where we had the launch party
1: it was no i think you're you're right about the year yeah January. i, just, I...
0: january 27th so it's been, it's been a... <laughs> <laughs>
1: y'all oh my god Woo! It is the last episode of the year. <laughs> oh, you you know, God. you know, that math has never been my strongest, along with reading, writing, <laughs> and spelling. <laughs> <laughs> History is oh, the gosh. only place I ever excelled. Whatever. A happy almost anniversary to us. Oh my God.
0: I can't. It's so funny. Um, uh, like, yeah. This is we'll... we'll At the end of January will be the start of our fourth year.
1: Wow. Can you believe it? You guys, if you've been along on this ride for this many years, I am, I am, I don't even, I'm crying. It's very, it's very moving that we've had people join us for this long. And if you're new to us, I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you stick around because we're just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's it's
0: year four is going to be is going to be wild because I think now that like not that COVID's over, but I think we can start doing some of the things and going some of the places that we're always right. like We should go there. Mm-hmm. Like 2022.
1: 20, we should
0: spread our wings
1: and fly. We're going to spread our wings and fly. We each have a car. This is true. We finally are vaccinated. We're boosted. Things are are opening back up. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. There's no stopping us. Nope. Watch out, Mount Vernon. Watch out. We're coming to you. Boston Tea Party Museum. We're coming. We're coming. Watch out, Colonial Williamsburg. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Our Disneyland. (laughs) Are you a historic site? We will come visit you. We're coming. We're coming. We're coming. You? In 2022. It's very oh thrilling. God. It's very thrilling. I'm thrilled. Yeah. So, we, like we promised last week, we wanted to end on something super fun and exciting. And we decided that the best episode topic for this week was an episode that is dedicated to first ladies. And then a little secret surprise, also first pets. And it's, it's, (laughs) part of me feels bad
0: because I started this research and was like, oh, the first ladies, whatever. And they were very important. And a lot of them are very interesting and they did, you know, great things and are amazing. Some of them amazing people in their own right. But honestly, the list of first pets is where it's at.
1: It's where it's at. It's where the party is at. at. I will also caveat and say that this is like a First Lady's overview. You know how much we like to do overviews. Yes. Honey, if you think that we're not going to do an entire biopic, biopic on Eleanor Roosevelt, you're crazy. Crazy. If you think we're not going to do an entire biopic, biopic on Dolly Madison, you're crazy. Yes. There's also more than that. But this is just, again, we wanted to do something that was... Not as, as as dark as Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and this felt like a good place to be. So we're doing yes. a first episode. I will not cry
0: in this episode. I guarantee no,
1: Only time will tell. Let's not make promises we can't <laughs> keep. I have to see what these pets are first.
0: Oh my god. They're wild.
1: <laughs> I am so excited. Obsessed. I think we should hop right into it what about you I think so I will say
0: that these notes are coming from Thought Co an article by Martin Kelly and Town and Country an article by Ooh. Charlotte Chilton
1: because we're sophisticated uh huh we're two sophisticated ladies who who lunch really lunch.
0: <laughs> we're gonna clippity clap right into
1: 2022 I love it mm-hmm. so like I said Two two parts of this episode, we're going to talk about first ladies first, and we're going to talk about first pets second. So I'm going to kick us off with first ladies. And again, there are, I forget how many total first ladies. As many presidents as we've had, there's equally, well, I guess not all of them were married, but there's almost as many first ladies. Yeah. So we've just pulled some of our favorites. If If we don't touch on your favorite first lady... Shoot us a DM mm-hmm. and we will make sure she gets her time in the sun. Do if not you If you really want to hear about Sarah Polk, at us. We're going to do it. We'll do it. I'll do it. hmm But let's start off with, she's one of my favorites for sure. I, Definitely yes. top five for me. Yes. Top agreed. five. Easy. Agreed. We're going to start off with the one, the only Dolly Madison. And first and foremost, the fact that her name is spelled D-O-L-L-E-Y needs to be highlighted because this is truly, I'm sure we've seen her name before, and I bet you have made this exact same comment. Never knew it was with an E-Y. Not Never, that it matters, it, but it's no. always shocking to see. It is. It's, it's a shocking when you see a different spelling, like an Ashley with an E-I. Why? But good for Why? you. Good for you, Dolly. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about Dolly Madison. So Dolly Madison was born Dolly Payne Todd, and she was 17 years younger than her husband, James Madison. I just. Go off, Dolly. It's so crazy to me. Like, that is a huge, huge age difference. Huge age difference. But wow, did not know that. Okay, no. good to know. Yep. She was one of the most well-loved first ladies, obviously. Mm-hmm. After serving as Thomas Jefferson's White House hostess after his wife died, she became the first lady when her husband won the presidency. That's so interesting. Yeah. But also, like, Thomas, <laughs> host your own parties. <laughs> like, you had... You don't have, you any, had you don't have the, any friends? I like, know, you've had the staff. A host for you? Go off, Dolly. Mm -hmm. She was active in creating weekly social events and entertaining dignitaries and society... During the war of eighteen twelve, as the British were bearing down on Washington, this is we've talked about this story. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Dolly Madison understood the significance of the national treasures housed in the White House and refused to leave without saving as much as she could. So this is that crazy story where the where the British are yes. descending upon Washington. Mm-hmm. James Madison and Dolly Madison go their separate ways only to meet up at a at a given point elsewhere yeah but before leaving the white house dolly was like if you think they are getting our treasures you're out of your mind you're out of your mind if you think literally everybody Grab two paintings and Mm -hmm. let's ride let's ride
0: don't forget the
1: pitcher bowls come on let's go through her efforts, many items were saved that would have most probably been destroyed when the British captured and burned the White House. I feel like one of the most famous ones is a picture of, or a, a painting of George Washington. It's like a really yeah. famous painting of George Washington. And yeah. that's like, oh, my God, what if we lost the painting of George Washington? We never would have known what History he looked like. History would have never recovered. I mean, it's great. I think it's great that we didn't lose these things to the British. That obviously would have been such a bummer. Right, right, right. But I do love the... Like the devastation that surrounds the idea of not having the painting of George George Washington, Washington? as though that would like minimize his impact and like his memory and what he did for this nation. He wouldn't be
0: what he is today without that painting. Look, he
1: he owes his existence to Dolly Madison. Yeah. Oh, how interesting that you gave me this one. Uh huh. Did you do it on purpose?
0: I did actually. We can't
1: blame her. Or her husband. She sounds like a badass. I think you're going to like her. No, I'm sure she's great. I Mm -hmm. think she's great. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with her. Just her taste (laughs) in men is questionable. (laughs) Questionable. So Arden, very sort of ironically, our next first lady that we're going to talk about is Edith Wilson, (laughs) who is sort of my nemesis's uh, Woodrow Wilson's wife. So Edith Wilson was actually Woodrow Wilson's second wife while president. His first wife, Ellen Louise Axton, died in 1914. Ellen, my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson then married Edith Balling Galt on December 18, 1915. In 1919, President Wilson suffered a stroke and Edith Wilson basically took control of the presidency. I don't know, maybe my problem is with Edith. Like who's making these decisions?
0: <laughs> All of your life. Is this you're what like I'm learning I hate now Woodrow that, like, my Wilson. She was is not
1: with which, that Woodrow Wilson was like an invalid. <laughs> <laughs> and Edith has been the one acting up. Entirely possible. I mean, I love to see it. I love to see it. I love that she took control. Yeah. She made daily decisions about what items should or should not be taken to her husband for input. Honestly, she probably, this is what Edith probably did. She was probably like, look, I've been seeing some of the decision making coming out of this man's head. And we're just going to kind of filter what he sees. Anything that I don't think he needs to see, we're not going to show him just in case he sort of perpetuates another world war. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. If it was not important in her eyes, then she would not pass it on to the president, a style for which she was widely criticized. It is not completely known how much power Edith Wilson truly wielded. I kind of feel like. It's a, of a, it's a power. There's some power there. Right. To decide what the president sees? Right. Like that. What is she, the FBI? Like, right, right, right. Like how do you
0: decide? Yes, he can see the bill on transportation. No, he cannot see the bill on going to war or whatever it is. Mm-mm.
1: Like, yeah. yeah. I mean Eleanor Roosevelt, I feel like held a which we're going to talk about next had something similar where that she, she had a lot of input on, just decision making and and FDR. But the idea that,
0: but he was like, still president. He was still well, he like, was and
1: very much involved. And very much in involved. Sort of, you know. Yeah. But the idea that Edith was like, mm, I don't think we're gonna show on this, and then just what tossed the paper into the fireplace, like, I, like what no. do you do? How do you prevent him from seeing it? <laughs> no, I love it. I'm all about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. So, next up, as Lizzie said, is Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor is considered by many to be America's most inspiring and infu- influential first lady. She married Franklin Roosevelt in 1905 and was one of the first to use her role as first lady to advance causes she found significant. So I love this. She's not like doing what Edith did, which is like acting as like, you know, a gatekeeper to the president and deciding what is important. She's got like her own ideas of things she wants to do. So they're operating together, pursuing things that are both important to them. And I'm sure like, she was like, Hey, uh, Frankie, can we, you know, knock, knock, ding, dong.
1: Yeah, let's push this. And he'll be like, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel feel as though it was much more of like she was his right hand man. Yes. As opposed to Edith where you're like you said, she was a gatekeeper. Yeah. But not necessarily a confidant.
0: No, no, no. It sounds like she just was a yes or a no, you know. Yeah.
1: So no for me.
0: An executive assistant who really (laughs) puts their foot down. So Eleanor fought for New Deal proposals, civil rights, and the rights of women. She believed education and equal opportunities should be guaranteed for all. After her husband died, Eleanor Roosevelt was on the board of directors for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, also known as the NAACP. She was a leader in the formation of the United Nations at the end of World War II. She helped draft the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and was the first chairman of the UN Human Rights Commission. Uh, Go well, off.
1: Go off, Edith. I have no notes. I have uh-uh. nothing to say. No notes. Keep what, doing it. What you going to say? Do Keep more. Going. Like, shout out to Eleanor. Shout out to Eleanor mm-hmm.
0: for just, yeah, just having goals and values and priorities and setting on a path Pushing to push those, yeah. So next we're going to talk about Jackie Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy. She was born Jacqueline Lee Bouvier in 1929. She attended Vassar. Also
1: of the um, Big Edie and Little Edie Bouviers from Grey Gardens. Oh,
0: what? Which is,
1: this uh, wait, you don't know they're related? No.
0: Arden. I don't think I've actually ever seen Grey Gardens.
1: Garden. I know. If this I, is it. This is what's
0: going to end. We're not going to year four. This no. is what's ending our
1: race. <laughs> I just, I sidebar, everybody who's listening to this episode right now, you have to watch Grey Gardens. It's such a, uh, it's an amazing and super interesting documentary about these two women, both named Edie, Big Edie and Little Edie, mother, daughter, the Beals of Great Garden. They are related to Jackie Kennedy. They lived in the Hamptons and they like came from affluent, obviously, Mm -hmm. because of like their connections and they grew up with money, all of that stuff. But they were living as like hoarders in the hand in like this decrepit house with like raccoons and cats. And it's what if I could erase my memory. To watch a film over and over <laughs> again. Oh, my God. It would be two films. One, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And the second oh my God. one would be Great Gardens. My <laughs> Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, I guess
0: Treat I knew. yourself. I knew that there were two women that were related. And I knew about the hoarder thing. But I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize that they came from the Bouviers. Yes. Yes, they do. I think they're
1: cousins of Jackie Kennedy. It is very much worth everybody's time to watch and listen and enjoy The Beals of Grey Gardens. The the documentary, and it is titled Grey Gardens because there's two documentaries, but the Grey Gardens documentary is the one. It's on HBO. Enjoy yourselves. Okay. Enjoy yourselves. Sorry, will... this is not about Grey Gardens. This is about Jackie <laughs> Kennedy. I will take the homework. Anyway, so
0: Jackie Kennedy <laughs> um, <laughs> she attended Vassar and then George Washington University and graduated with a degree in French literature. She married wow. yeah, she married John F. Kennedy in 1953 and spent much of her time as first lady working to restore and refurnish the White House. So she's being a caretaker for the property. Sure.
1: I mean at that point I I can only imagine. Oh yeah. It was in poor shape.
0: <laughs> I don't know that it, it probably needed a spruce up from, you know, yeah. yesteryear, day of yore. Right. Once that work was complete, she took America on a televised tour of the White House. She was revered as First Lady for her poise and dignity, which we kind of talked about when we talked about the Warren Commission and the attack on JFK. Mm-hmm. and Yeah. When she stood on the airplane with LBJ. Yeah. Next up is Betty Ford.
1: Love. Betty
0: Ford. She was born as Elizabeth Ann. Hey.
1: Hey. Oh my god. Elizabeth Ann? I'm Elizabeth Anna. What? <laughs> yeah. My middle name is Julie Anna. Arden, we're essentially related. <laughs> we're 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 we are Jackie Kennedy and Edith Beale. <laughs> oh my
0: god. Oh, my God. One day the press is
1: going to be like, Arden, what's going on with your relative Elizabeth? Uh She's living in squalor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be like, my degree in French literature prevents me from,
1: you know. Bonsoir. (laughs)
0: Bonsoir. (laughs) Oh, my God. So Betty Ford was born Elizabeth Ann Bloomer. She married Gerald Ford in 1948. Betty Ford was willing as a first lady to openly discuss her experiences with psychiatric treatment, which, like, for the time is huge. That. Huge.
1: That's huge. Because this is when women were hysterical. Just hysterical. And if you wanted to have sex, women. you were insane. Insane. We always love when we talk openly about mental health issues yep. and to do so in, you know, the literally the 50s yeah. or the 60s or even today. On a, on a, in this type of scale is huge. Huge. This is like
0: Nurse Ratchet era. And Betty Ford's like, mm-hmm. no, psychiatric treatment is, it's good. I mean, Oops. I wonder what she had done or if it was yeah, like bless. just Hope. therapy, but like, you know, you got it's, it's, it's something that needed to be talked about. She yeah. was also a major advocate for the Equal Rights Amendment and the legalization of abortion. Go off. Love. She went through a mastectomy and spoke out about breast cancer awareness like ahead of her time. Yeah. Ahead of her time. As far as
1: the medical stuff
0: goes, shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. Her candor and openness about her private life was virtually unprecedented for such a high-profile public figure. I love it. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, I had breast cancer. And come at me.
1: Come at me. Literal at symbol at me. Mm-hmm. Go off, Betty. Go off. Oh, next. Love this. Thank you for giving me her.
0: I had to make up A for giving you Edith Wilson. Edith Wilson.
1: Mm-hmm. So next up we have, of course, Rosalind Carter. Rosalind Carter was born Eleanor Rosalind Smith in 1927. She married... Absolute friend of the show, Jimmy Carter, in 1946. Throughout his term as president, Rosalind Carter was one of his closest advisors. And y'all, they are still happily married today. Yeah. And I... It just... To see the two of them together... So good. Makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Marriage goals. Yes. Unlike previous first ladies, she actually sat in on many cabinet meetings... She was an advocate for mental health issues and became the honorary chair of the President's Commission on Mental Health. Again, this is big.
0: Big, big. Like
1: this is, you know, in the 80s. And we're not talking about mental health in the 80s still in a really real way. No. So the fact that you have the First Lady be on a commission? Yeah. we love to see it. Love to see we it. love to see it. And be in cabinet meetings? Shoot. Yeah. Go off, Rosalind. And then after Rosalind, we have Hillary Clinton. Hillary Rodham was born in 1947 and married Bill Clinton in 1975. She was an extremely powerful first lady. She was involved in directing policy, especially in the realm of health care. She was appointed the head of the task force on national health care reform. Further, she spoke out on women's and children's issues. She espoused important legislation like the Adoption and Safe Families Act. After President Clinton's second term, she became the junior senator from New York. And as we all should know at this point, she also ran for a Democratic presidential nomination in 2008 and was selected to be Barack Obama's Secretary of State when she did not get the Democratic nomination, she lost out to Barack Obama but became his Secretary of State. In 2016, Hillary Clinton became the first female presidential nominee of a major party, which I hope we all know at this point. I mean, you know, I think regardless of where you stand on the spectrum, yeah. I feel like you have to respect Hillary Clinton's I don't career. Really,
0: I don't get the hatred of her. Like, I can, I can understand like people disagree with policies, people disagree with that, but she is somebody that people like actively, emotionally, viscerally, physically hate, and I, yeah. I don't get that. And part of me, I was. Do you remember here? I mean, at some point, I feel like when she was first lady, she made a comment about like women shouldn't just be in the kitchen baking cookies. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that, I mean, that's like a paraphrase, but I feel like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't, she just was this like symbol of like what women could achieve. And then something like that, saying a comment like that made it feel like if you're not working outside the home or doing things for yourself, like you're a bad woman, which is not really what she meant at all and that was also something that was like for whatever reason revolutionary thinking in the 1990s that like women could could and should seek fulfillment outside of their husbands and children and home right. like yes i mean if like if she if you know if she was coming up today like she would be like that wouldn't even be questioned you know like that idea right
1: well, I think it's also, it plays into this idea, I or I think this misinterpretation of feminism as being women who work are better than women who choose not to, to work or who choose to focus on staying home and raising their family. Yeah. Which is not the case. I think feminism is about simply choice mm-hmm. and getting to choose Literally what you want to do with your time, whether that be at home, at work, combination of both. Yeah. Um, but I think with Hillary Clinton and especially with this generation, like her peers and sort of the um, the generation that she comes from, I think mm-hmm. that it did, fem- the idea of feminism was like to be a homemaker is somehow less than. Right. Or not good enough. Yeah. And I think that's a misunderstanding of what I think l- the literal definition of feminism is. It is. And it's yeah. just like, if I want to work, I should have every opportunity available to me that a male counterpart with my exact qualifications has. Right. And if I don't want to work, I should be able to not have to work. And, I- and that should not be stigna- stigmatized on me that I'm not working. And if I want to do both, right. I should be allowed to do both and shouldn't be judged upon the fact that I am also raising children while working. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think likability is, I think the big thing that surrounds Hillary Clinton. I think she's not likable to some. And I think that there are certainly again, and we're not necessarily talking about like policy stances or, Things that have that have happened in her time as any of these, you know, positions that she's held. Yeah. Because people, there, I think there are people who really find issue with those things. Which, like, God bless Godspeed. I think that you can though separate and say, here is a person who was incredibly well educated. Yeah. Be, what was first lady had a pretty massive impact, and then became a senator, then Secretary of State. That, like, it's really impressive mm-hmm. and hadn't been done before, and I think there there's no harm in acknowledging that there's, I'm sure a lot of people find a lot of flaws with Hillary Clinton, and we can talk about those till the cows come home, but that simple fact, there has, to, uh, you gotta respect
0: it. Uh, but oh yeah, but also like there's flaws with Hillary. Clinton. There's flaws with every single flipping oh, person for sure. in this world. Oh for sure, and like all like name a president, he had a flaw. You know, so I'm always just like, why? Right, but it's why heat. such the visceral. I know that. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, <sighs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just so yeah. it's so bizarre to me. But yeah, HRC.
1: And then finally, the last first lady we're going to talk about is Michelle Obama. In 1992, Michelle Lavon Robinson, who was born in 1964, married Barack Obama, the first African American to become president of the United States. Together, they served in the White House between 2008 and 2016. Michelle Obama was a lawyer, businesswoman, and philanthropist who currently works primarily in the public sphere. As first lady, she focused on the Let's Move program to help reduce childhood obesity, which was a program that led to the passage of the Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act, which allowed the U.S. Department of Agriculture to set nutritional standards for all foods in school. Remember when people were angry about that?
0: She tried to grow a garden. They were like, how dare you grow a garden and tell my kid to eat broccoli? Fuck off.
1: Yeah. And I just, like, I remember growing up in public school and seeing some of the stuff that was offered, and it was gross. Gross. It's gross. Gross. It's literally gross. And, like, thankfully, I came from a home where I was allowed, I had the privilege of bringing a packed lunch. Right. But there are hundreds of thousands of children who do not have that privilege and rely solely on school lunches yeah. for food, for yeah. breakfast, lunch, sometimes dinner. And the fact that they were not being given meals that were up to a nutritional standard that you yourself would never agree to live on right, is, is inhumane. Like we have a responsibility to children right. to feed them. Any pushback on that, you can kindly see yourself out. <laughs> is how I feel. Yeah, I agree. Her second initiative, the Reach Higher Initiative, continues to provide students with the guidance and resources to go on post-high school educations and professional careers. So, I'm yeah. a big fan, Michelle. I big, she's, big fan. I think she's also the the most highly educated. First lady we've had, like I think she has the oh, most, right, she, like it, the highest level of degrees. Nice, which we love. Smart nice. lady. We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So now we're going to move in to talk about first pets. And... (laughs) Like I said, not that the first ladies were not impressive; they all are. I just got a kick out of the ridiculousness that is most of the president's pets. Like, uh, there's just some wild and crazy things. And we're gonna go in reverse order. Order. So we're gonna start with President Obama. And honestly, like we all know, he had these two Portuguese water dogs, and his yeah. story about these water dogs is like the most normal. Of the stories probably that you're going to hear. <laughs> Let's
1: go. Because it off just was like we adopted them. Way up.
0: Yeah. It's just like we adopted them. One was gifted. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. So President Barack Obama and his his family. So during the victory speech of his first campaign, President Barack Obama promised his daughters a puppy. Sure. As you do. As you do. Sasha and Malia. He said, I love you both so much, and you have earned the new puppy that's coming with us to the White House. Their first dog, Bo, was a male Portuguese water dog, and he was a gift from Senator Ted Kennedy. Sure.
1: I mean, where else are you going to get a Portuguese water dog from other than Ted Kennedy?
0: <laughs> right. Me too. It was great. I love it. Um, and then in 2013, the first family adopted another Portuguese water dog, this time a female, and they named her Sunny. Yeah.
1: And I do think that Bo recently just passed away. I think. I think so. I mean, he would be
0: very, he would be fairly old. Yeah. 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 Porpo, Porpo. Poor, Beau. Poor Beau. So next up, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Over the course of the Clinton administration, Sox, who was a black and white cat, served as the first pet of the United States, a title she reluctantly shared during the latter years of Bill's pres- presidency with Buddy, who was a chocolate Labrador retriever. The two animals notoriously did not get along. Notoriously, it was in the press. It was in the press. There's a rift in the White House. The New York Post was all about it. (laughs) Next up, Jimmy Carter. So while the Carters didn't bring any dogs with them to the White House, they were gifted a Border Collie mix, which I love a Border Collie. We love Border Collies. Love a Border Collie. They were gifted a Border Collie mix by first daughter Amy's teacher shortly after they moved in. I love this teacher you here's a dog here hi mr
1: president here's a dog here's a dog <laughs> yes i teach your child it's a bold she's move doing quite to well. give somebody an animal right do you know what i mean right. like a really ballsy mood like right. ted kennedy sure right he's ted kennedy he's ted gonna kennedy. do crazy shit right but like a
0: teacher <laughs> a teacher like how about a cactus like that's enough anything that requires sure. you to like have to like Think about the well-being of the thing when you go away on vacation. Like, that is a lot to ask of a gift. It's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, so unfortunately, Grits, as the dog came to be named Grits. <laughs> it's
1: um, a great name.
0: It was a great name. Uh, was later returned as he did not get along with the family's Siamese cat, whose name was Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. Oh, my God. hmm they reportedly also had an Afghan Afghan hound.
1: I just That's the name crazy. of this
0: cat, Misty Malarkey. Misty Ying-in.
1: Malarkey Yin Yang is. <laughs> 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 There's so many problems with the name. It's so good.
0: Oh my god! Oh, I'm man. telling you, this is like gonna be the best ten minutes of of podcast still here all year. <laughs> um. So working backwards gerald ford the nation was delighted when news circulated that president ford's dog liberty had given birth in the white house
1: hell yeah liberty she had
0: 9 puppies
1: oh my god who were then all Go gifted off, to ted
0: liberty. kennedy i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> but
1: like <laughs> and then they were given to ted kennedy i love it who was who gladly took them and then regifted them to other
0: presidents next up lbj So President Johnson was a well-documented dog lover with a real lack of imagination when it came to names. Case in point. Oh, my God. Yes, this is wild. Case in point, his dogs, uh, he had two beagles. They were named him and her.
1: Sure. Jersey? Jersey. Oh, my God. Come here. (laughs) Her, get out of the kitty litter. (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. (laughs) LBJ also had several other dogs during his administration. Blanco, a white collie. Sure. Yucky, a mutt. Freckles, another beagle. And Edgar, who was a gift from none other than J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, my God.
1: I'm telling you, this is the best list this I have is ever found. Edgar, oh, man. It just keeps on giving. Ugh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, next up is JFK. The Kennedy family had a veritable menagerie at the White House with birds, cats, rabbits, hamsters, and dogs, oh my, of all ages. But perhaps the most quintessential Kennedy pet was Caroline's pony, Mm -hmm. Macaroni. (laughs) I love it. I love that the White House
0: had hamsters because there were kids. There were two kids that were living there. But where do you
1: keep a pony? Uh,
0: yo, I have no idea. Like, I Does didn't the White even... <laughs>
1: House have a fenced-in backyard? Am <laughs> I insane? Does it have a
0: barn? Like, did they have somebody does it on have the... A
1: barn. Where do you keep the pony? <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. Where was it kept? Next up, we have Dwight D. Eisenhower. Eisenhower's pet parakeet is one of the few animals to have the privilege of being buried at the White House. When Gabby the parakeet died in 1957, she was reportedly buried outside the executive mansion. Rest in peace, Gabby. Rest rest in in peace. peace. Next up, Herbert Hoover. Several dogs lived in the White House during Hoover's tenure, including a Belgian shepherd named King Tut. Oh, God. His son also owned alligators <laughs> that could be sometimes seen on the White House grounds. I Again, it begs the question, where are we keeping the alligators? I just, it
0: cracks me up that like Herbert Hoover had alligators. Meanwhile, like. Could you imagine if Obama had had alligators roaming the grounds, like, and on his way sure. to, to like, the helicopter? I forget what it's called. But, like, you know, to go to whatever place he's, like, walking with these alligators? Like,
1: they gave him shit for wearing time. a tan suit. Right. <laughs> Bring out the alligators.
0: Bring out the alligators. We should have alligators always at the White House. We should have
1: alligators all the time.
0: I mean, they really would be a help to the Secret Service. For
1: sure. Next up, Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge was such an animal lover that he turned the White House into something of a zoo. He had dogs and birds, cats and raccoons, a hippo, a bear and lion cubs. (laughs) Where? What do you think William Randolph Hearst? Like, Jesus
0: Christ. Like, in Lincoln's bedroom?
1: Where? Yeah. Where do I, you guys, I'm going to ask it again. Where do you keep the hippo? I'm begging you. (laughs) Because Where do you keep the bear? Where do you keep
0: the bear? The bear, like, because wouldn't it get out? Like, even if you had a fence, you would have to, like, it would get out and roam around Washington, D.C. The hippo needs a big thing of water. Yeah. I am
1: going to go out on a limb here. And say that these animals were not kept in a way that was healthy to their environment.
0: I would have to agree with that. If
1: I had to guess. Yes. Yes.
0: I completely agree.
1: Still on Calvin Coolidge, one of the most interesting White House pets was First Lady Grace Coolidge's raccoon, Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca. What are we going to name her? Marianne. (laughs) <laughs> Rebecca like, Raccoon.
0: Oh she God. looks like
1: a Rebecca. I don't know. What don't do you want know. me to say? Look at her poofy cheeks. Look at the eyes. It's all there. The first family received her as a gift from a supporter in Mississippi who attended for the animal to be eaten for Thanksgiving dinner, but the first lady kept her as a pet instead. I am so sorry. Didn't know raccoon was oh a delicacy my God. of the Mississippi? I just,
0: it's so, I, I, it was really hard. Like, if you could believe it or not, there are presidents that I didn't put in this list. So if you made the cut as a president with pets, like, it's just pure hilarity. Also, the supporter from Mississippi sent a raccoon for Thanksgiving. I just think
1: that's
0: so. A gift
1: for your table. I love everything about that. Oh, goody. Another. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Next up we have, of course, I'm doing Woodrow Wilson. When it comes to animals, the Wilson administration was known for one thing. Sheep grazing on the White House lawn. The flock served as a reminder of the war effort. Okay. Not only did they save the government money by cutting grass, (laughs) but an auction of their wool would also benefit the Red Cross. In addition to the lambs, Wilson also kept a ram who reportedly chewed tobacco. Okay. Songbirds, (laughs) several dogs, and a cat named Puffins. I love this idea of this ram who's just like (laughs) dipping. Just like... just. I
0: just, I want, I want like a presidential pet cartoon with Rebecca Raccoon. Yeah. The ram just like dipping into the tobacco and then I don't yep. know the the like macaroni for sure can be in it. Do you know what I mean? Like I want a presidential yes. pet mashup cartoon.
1: Yes, uh,
0: of course. Okay, working our way backwards. Next up, William Howard Taft. Pauline Wayne, the last cow to live in the White House, was something mm. of a celebrity during the Taft administration traveling the country and giving interviews to the Washington
1: Post. She said, and I quote <laughs> Moo <laughs> <laughs> oh my what? God. I
0: can't even, it's just too good. Taft also had a dog named Caruso. <laughs> oh my God. Who was a member of the Italian mob.
1: <laughs> like I just Sure. <laughs> From the Sicilian sector of the family, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. Teddy Roosevelt When Teddy moved into the White House, he brought the largest number of animals yet. Are we shocked or are we not shocked? Nope. According to the National Park Service, the brood included a small bear, a pig, a barn owl, a rooster, a hen, a hyena.
1: Very unsafe. (laughs) Very
0: unsafe. A lizard, snakes, guinea pigs, a pony, and multiple dogs and horses. And I just kind of want to go out on a limb, as Lizzie says, and hypothesize that maybe the hyena tried to eat some of the other things once in a while. Like, maybe.
1: I just. Like,
0: we got to get some
1: pictures of this time. I'm having a hard time visualizing where everybody's being kept. (laughs) And how do you.
0: Do they just like move, like when, you know, when. Wait, who has, who had the, like, you know, so when Taft moved in after Teddy Roosevelt, was he like, oh, okay, good. Yes, the place where the hyena was kept will be a perfect place for Pauline Wayne, my cow. Do you know what I mean? The like cow. sure. Are we just repurposing the same area? Where are these, where are they going? I'm so confused. Right. Next up, James Garfield. During Garfield's administration, his wife tended to a mare named Kit, while he cheekily named his black Newfoundland Vito think it's newfoundland His black newfoundland veto <laughs> newfoundland <laughs> newfoundland i was like wait a second i may be a simple
1: country girl from texas but i think that's
0: newfoundland <laughs> oh, oh my god newfoundland it's right next to oregon <laughs> oh my god okay andrew johnson Hate him. <laughs> I know. Well, Johnson didn't have any formal pets. He was rather fond of a family of white mice that lived in the White House. Instead of Because tra- a
1: rat recognizes a rat. You know what I mean?
0: It's true. It's true. Instead of trapping the creatures, he left out food at night for them to eat. <laughs> and this is from the article, and I quote, impeachment can be hard on a guy. Close, yeah close. enjoy
1: your friends of mice andrew johnson
0: <laughs> nobody likes you so yeah oh you god. have to you have to
1: be comrades in arms with mice oh my god bye so
0: funny <laughs> next up Baberham lincoln go on. lincoln's family kept many animals during his time in the white house including a pig ponies cats dogs and goats Honest Abe actually issued the very first presidential turkey pardon after his son got a little too attached to dinner one Christmas.
1: Sure. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard it's to hard. be like, oh, my God, you're so cute. I'm going <laughs> to kill you? Right, right, right. <laughs> Daddy, What? Daddy, where very did difficult. we get the turkey? Oh, Becky's gone. Sorry. Sorry. All right, last couple. So James Buchanan... Is there anything as patriotic as a president with a pet bald eagle? James Buchanan, the bachelor president, had a pair of them along with a Newfoundland dog and a toy terrier. I think Seems it's Seems like a tough animal to keep.
0: I think it's Newfoundland. It's not.
1: <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> Sorry, a Newfoundland dog. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Martin Van Buren. President Van Buren didn't have many pets. But he made up for the quantity with the -the over-the-top quality of his animals. Until Congress made him send them to the zoo, he kept a pair of tiger cubs. They were a gift from the Sultan of Oman. Sure. Yeah. I think we have to I mean, send these to the zoo. I think all of them should have been sent to the zoo. I don't know why. I don't know why Martin Van Buren couldn't keep his tiger cubs, but, I, but, you but know, later on, forget who had was the hippo, okay. could keep the hippo. Send the hippo to the zoo. I'm begging you. Begging you. The White House pool is not big enough. Next up, I think one of the worst presidents of all time, Andrew Jackson. Mm hmm. Andrew Jackson was a horse fan, keeping multiple ponies and racing horses in the White House. His other pet, a parrot named Pole, was notorious for cursing. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Andrew Jackson. You're a piece of shit. Andrew Jackson. You're a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh my god, another one. So John Quincy Adams is our next one. Also had a pet alligator. I don't know why this is the theme of the show. (laughs) The alligator was a gift from the Marquis de Lafayette. I mean, how do you... John, I love our relationship. Here's an alligator. Yeah. (laughs) Best buds,
0: friends always, like a brother from another mother. XRXO, here's an alligator.
1: (laughs) Thomas Jefferson. Our third president had a passion for mockingbirds and wrote of his winged pets often, but only one ever received a recorded name... Dick. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Best delivery of anything
0: you'll ever say.
1: Dick. Jefferson's White House also served as home to a pair of bear cubs for a short time before they were sent off to a zoo. Okay. Also sent to a zoo. I'm hoping others were sent to a zoo because this is insane. (laughs) And then finally... We're going to talk about John Adams because this was the first animal to live in the White House. It's not exciting, but the first animals ever to live in the White House were Adams' horses and a pair of dogs. Their Normal. Their names are not recorded. Normal. He, like, Adams kicked us off. He's like, I have a horse. I have a dog. Right. And we're like, okay, great. One's probably named Spot and the other one's probably named, you know, Rusty. Like. Great. Cool. Cut. Cool. Done. And then people started freaking out. Like, Mm -hmm. his son was like, I'm going to keep an alligator. You never hugged me. You know? Like, (laughs) what's a boy to do? What's
0: a boy to do? I'm a very angry person. I need an angry pet. Oh, my God. need
1: angry pets. But that is the end of our pets and our first ladies and our year here at Let's Get Civical wow 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 wow
0: i i really i have to apologize to the first ladies because although you are glorious in your own rights the pets really stole the cake here but you know what it's the end of the year you gotta go out with a bang and it's been one hell of a
1: year it really has been it really has been so to our sweet sweet listeners we love you so so much thank you for joining us all year on this very special journey as always you can rate you can review you can subscribe to us we're gonna have two episodes re-airing over the next two weeks so we will see you with a new episode in 2022 goodbye